Welcome to the season three premiere of the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com as part of the Wrestling Wednesday card. I'm your host, Michael Davis. We have the largest panel in the history of the show on Drop the Mic this week with the admins from the Wrestling Movement team on Facebook. 2024 is going to be a big year for the show, but we have to take a moment and acknowledge the greatness we saw in 2023 join us for our 2023 nomination ceremony this episode and without further ado let's kick off this season three premiere with a bang with my guests for the show first we're going to welcome in the producer of tobacco road sports radio desmond johnson des how are you doing i'm good man 2024 is here looking forward to a huge year for uh for you for me for tobacco road everybody that's uh contributing to it uh just looking forward to growing what we're doing so i uh, appreciate you having me on man and, and good to see you Great to see you. Glad to have you. I think this is your first Drop the Mic appearance. And we also have somebody who's no stranger to Drop the Mic. We got Mr. Shannon Smith in on the show. Shannon, how are you doing? And I'm doing great. First of all, welcome back. Welcome back. Yes. Big year, big it's been year a long for time Michael. coming. Yes. yes. It's a big Man, year for excited. Michael. Uh, yeah. Big year for Drop the Mic. We're going to have some big news uh, later on in the episode, so please stay tuned for that. Um, we uh, are on social medias. Go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Subscribe to the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel, which is where you're watching this with the new layout. We got the new logo. Um, it's, a, it's a big, it's a big uh, episode for us uh, because we got the wrestling movement. If you've been following us on Facebook, um, I'm an admin, Des is an admin, Shan's an admin. Uh, later on this episode, we'll get Nate Warden and then Mike Neely from the Mouth and Off with Mike Wrestling podcast. We'll get them in here uh, because we have a little uh, catching up to do since it's been a while. And we're going to have our 2023 nomination ceremony. Now, how this will work is uh, we're going to have the rules scrolling on the bottom here. Um, each of us are going to pick one person. From each category that we have, we'll have a few on this segment with Des and Shannon. We'll have a few on the next segment with Mike and Nate. Um, and then over the next week, you guys are going to be able to vote on the Wrestling Movement's Facebook page to determine the winners of each award. We're just nominating. And we're, we've done a lot of research. We've done a lot of homework to try to nominate the best people for these awards. And so... Without further ado, let's get started and get into the nomination ceremony. And we're going to start out with the best faction of the year. Now, we know how much Triple H loves his factions. Tony Khan loves his factions. Desmond Johnson also loves his factions. And so Des is a big supporter of those. And so we're going to give Des the floor first to pick their best faction of the year. And Des, who you got? I mean, you got to go with the bloodline. Like it, it kind of ends and begins with the bloodline. And even though, honestly, WWE isn't really calling them the bloodline. Well, they kind of call them the bloodline still at this point. But if you notice, none of them are wearing bloodline gear. None of them are wearing any kind of bloodline merchandise, and they haven't since Jay left the group. So it's it's kind of the bloodline, but it's kind of loosely there. And I like what they've done to stretch this story out because it could have died out. They could have ended at WrestleMania, to be honest, but they've they've allowed it to stretch out, and Roman hasn't really been there, but they've allowed the other characters to grow that were within the bloodline. So you saw little storyline nuances, like before Roman actually came back, um, that space in between WrestleMania and SummerSlam, where where, where Jimmy was driving, uh, he was driving uh, Paul like nuts, and you could literally see Paul's hair going gray each week on air, which was a nice touch. And then the week Roman's back, it's back to black. Paul Heyman's Paul Heyman again, and everything else. That was a nice subtle touch that they did there. I like how they moved Jay to Raw, so Jay can actually blossom into a main event uh, person himself, even though his name is Main Event Jay. He still needs to kind of main event a lot of these things, and that's be, being on Raw separates him from the bloodline. Uh, and I like what they're doing on SmackDown in terms of building other factions. Like It feels like right now they're building up other armies to take on the bloodline down the road, whether it's whatever happens with AJ Styles and whatever he ends up doing with the remnants of the OC, whether it's... Um, uh, there's a couple actually that are that are kind of 
in there that whatever's happening with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, like they're coupling it, they're kind of just putting together the thing with uh, King Cross and uh, whatever's happening with AOP and all that stuff that's happening right now. So they're trying to build up some stuff, and I feel like Roman's going to bring in some additional young blood for the bloodline that's not the Usos, that eventually the Usos will move on off the bloodline and it'll be Roman, Solo, maybe Zilla for two. Uh, there's another for two floating out there. I believe Jacob is out there someplace. Jacob, I don't think either one of them are signed any place. Maybe you bring those in instead. And down the road, Solo takes over, beats Roman, takes over bloodline. And it's it's him and the two younger for twos where you can actually then start the beef with the Usos who reunite down the road. So all this is going to lead to something to that effect. And I think it's going to be somewhere after WrestleMania, you'll see a regrouped bloodline, like even bigger. Um, but I, I got to say, bloodline's got to be the faction of the year, even though really they only dominated about half of it. And it was a big dominating half. That's that's a good pick. Uh, Shannon, hopefully Des didn't take your pick. Who's your nominee for mm. best faction of the year? Well, I knew that this was going to take the bloodline. I knew. So I needed <laughs> something else in mind because you said we can't agree with each other and they have to be separate. So my pick is going to be the second best faction. I'd probably say in all wrestling, which would be the judgment day because I feel like the judgment day basically is looking like they're trying to take on every part of wrestling with Rhea Ripley being the, the women's champion at that time. Um, Dom with the uh, North American Championship going over to NXT and challenging guys for that title. You also have Damian Priest, who has the Money in the Bank briefcase, which everyone thought that he was not going to win that. But I think that it was the smart move to give him the briefcase. It was the very smart move. And also with the man, the dollar, being in control of the group, Finn Balor has controlled factions before i'm not going to say which one that he began but i will say he he was the right pick for that uh for the leader of judgment day they tried to make riffs in judgment day to make it seem like judgment day was going to break up but they always end up stronger than ever they built up dom's character which made dom being breakout being a breakout wrestler a most improved wrestler of this year which i think is big for him um also keeping Finn Balor relevant. He was having his championship uh, challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship with uh, Seth Rollins, which was really, really good. They had really good matches. Damian Priest was looking like he was going to take the belt from anybody. It really didn't matter. He was lurking all over the place from SmackDown to NXT to Raw, which we all know that he's not going to be going for a minor title, but he made it seem like he was. And Rhea Ripley being dominant as well, too, in the women's division and then bringing Dom along with her. And then we all know Dom. Everybody hates Dom. Dom can't get word in. It's hilarious that like all the boos when Dom is there, they're making Dom into a very good heel. I think Judgment Day has to be the second best. I think that they're trying to divide, like they're trying to conquer every part of wrestling with the WWE from the men's to the women's division. I think Judgment Day has got to be up there as one of your best factions for the year. My only question okay, is, so, is, is, is Finn actually the leader of Judgment Day? Because I was under the impression Rhea is the leader. You know, uh, Finn is still the leader. Finn is still the leader. I mean, you, you're making a good point of this. It looks like Rhea Ripley is the most, she's the most popular. I would have to say she's the most popular out of the whole group. She's the most popular. Um, yeah. yeah, she's the most popular. It has to be. But I think Finn is probably what's held, holding them together because of his older ties as being a fashion leader. Well, you guys took some probably the two best men's slash men's and women's factions in WWE. I'm going to take the one who has broken all the barriers. I'm going to take a women's faction. I'm going to take damage control. EO Sky won Money in the Bank. She had a really impressive match at Backlash that kind of propelled the group. And ever since Triple H came back, his first like move at SummerSlam back two years ago was bringing in Bailey, Eosky, and Dakota Kai. They've built on that faction, bringing in Kyrie Sane and Asuka. And I think they had a big 2023, but I think they're going to have an even better 2024. So mm -hmm. as you can see, the best faction of the year was our first category. We're having some of the 
picks uh, that we made. Scroll in here on the bottom, and we're going to run through these. And Shannon mentioned uh, one of the breakout stars from 2023. Uh, Nate, Mike, and I are going to vote on that in the next segment of the 2023 nomination ceremony. But right now, we got a little prediction part of the ceremony as most likely to break out in 2024 so this is a person that you see soaring to new heights in 2024 and shannon will give you the first pick here i had about three or four guys that i had to narrow it down to but i'm going to go ahead and break away from wwe and go aew and say that swerve strickland is going to be a breakout in 2024 I really think that Swerve has a very, very good chance to be a face. I mean, his WWE run was not bad at all. I think I don't think they knew what to do with Swerve. Now, Tony Khan is kind of falling off the wagon a little bit the past few weeks with Swerve Strickland, giving them some type of uh, giving them different matches that we've not seen him in. But Swerve is a great heel. I think he has to be one of the best heels right now. Leading into 2024, Swerve is probably going to get a title shot somewhere. He has to. I mean, whether it's that uh, the TNT Championship, uh, whether it, it is uh, going after Samoa Joe, I think Swerve can do it. I think that Swerve will be one of those guys you'll see in 2024 that's going to make a big impact in the wrestling world. And his goal is to become – the first black AEW world champion. We'll see if he accomplished that in 2024. Yes. Des, who's your pick for this category of most likely uh, to break out? I'm staying in WWE and I'm actually going to pick a member from uh, from Shannon's breakout stable, the Judgment Day. I'm picking Damian Priest. Um, he has the he has the money in the bank briefcase. They've usually when they let a player or when they let a, a wrestler hold the case as long as they have. They have some sort of plan for him with it in terms of not just cashing it in on a Monday Night Raw or whatever and losing like uh, we've seen happen before. I think what's I think I think he's going to hold it to WrestleMania. I think he's going to hold it to WrestleMania. And I'm thinking right now I want it to be, but I think two main events are going to be uh, Seth Rollins Punk Night One, Roman Reigns Cody Rhodes Night Two, and I think he's going to cash in at the end of the Seth Rollins CM Punk match where I feel like Seth will retain. But because of whatever happens in the match, uh, he'll Damien will come down and cash in the briefcase, and we'll start the new year with or the new wrestling uh, season with Damien Priest as the the WWE champion. Um, they've been kind of leading it towards that way, uh, and I feel like the the, the conflict's going to be what is he? Is he a heel or is he a face? Because they've kind of played a little bit with that with the the interactions they've had with our truth, which are eerily similar to what happened with Bloodline and Sami Zayn just 12 months prior where it kind of showed a softer side to Roman Reigns. Like they were kind of playing with that. They're kind of doing that with Damian Priest and R-Truth and Judgment Day right now. So I kind of feel like there's going to be some kind of break off where Damian's going to leave Judgment Day or he'll just, he'll turn them into something else completely different. So I'm going to go with Damian Priest solely because he has the money in the bank briefcase and still has it and probably will have it throughout until WrestleMania. And I'm so glad they're going back to the money in the bank actually means something. It's been the last few years where it's just been like they'll throw it on somebody. So I'm really excited if that happens Otis. and Damian Priest becomes <laughs> world yeah. champion at WrestleMania. Remember, uh, remember, the, remember the old the COVID days where they were in the uh, the performance center and Otis won it because they dropped it off the ladder or whatever. Have, have any of you gone back and watched any of those shows? Like I have. Like, have you? They're so like, tough to watch. One. <laughs> But, but so like the weird. WrestleMania where uh, where Drew just literally walks into the ring and like uh, Claymore kicks Brock like three times and wins and that's the whole match. <laughs> and that was one of the few matches. It was a nice try. Man. It really it was nice. The world, we know what we were doing. The world was very <laughs> We know what was going on. Hey, you, you can't fault them at all. Um, I can't fault you guys for Des taking Damian Shan taking Swerve. I'm going to take somebody kind of like on the outside curve of this. And we just got done talking about factions and one that popping up in WWE. Give me Karrion Cross as most likely breakout in 2024. Uh, Triple H, that was, I believe, his first like, you know, showing up, appearing back, uh, sending back after the pandemic 
when he took control. And ever since Karrion Cross has like been let down, he hasn't gotten much on TV. But now, surrounding him with AOP, potentially Paul Ellering as well, that's going to really help Karrion Cross's character. And I think Karrion Cross is the fear for much like the breakout. Um, I had a few to go through, but I ended up ultimately landing on Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens WrestleMania uh, Unified Tag Team Championship. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just I, I, I had a couple in my head. I was like, ah, those were good too. But this one was the culmination of like a year storyline. Like it literally, it was like the culmination of the Bloodline storyline without it being the end of the Bloodline. Like they literally gave the fans a little bit of what they wanted in terms of everything that that two week uh, two day uh, WrestleMania where night one you get. The Usos finally pinned. You end probably the most historic tag team reign in, in WWE history. Uh, Sammy, his story with the Bloodline. Kevin Owens had like a two-year storyline going on with the Bloodline. And it just it, it's what WrestleMania is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the culmination of storylines. And that's what happened in that match, which made it easier to swallow the next night when Roman retained, which we kind of all thought he was going to, although there were plenty that wanted Cody to to. Uh, take it off from Roman that night. It just didn't feel like the right time. And it still didn't feel like the right time to me, to be honest. But it felt like the right time to take the belts off the Usos. I'm still confused as to why they're still unified. Like, I mean, we're going on eight months, seven months past WrestleMania, and it's still the unified championships. And I feel like it's kind of hampering the tag team division. And I heard they're going to split them up eventually here down the road anyway. Um, I'd prefer for them to just break off don't even call them Raw and SmackDown titles anymore because you don't do that with the world titles. Just call them the, the world tag team champions and the WWE tag team champions and let Judgment Day hold on to one and you create a new belt, put it on SmackDown. And that way, boom, that, that's that's how you did it with the Universal title. So they could just do that randomly. They could do that Friday if they really wanted to. But um, that match had a little bit of everything, a lot of close falls, uh, a lot of spots uh, from everyone involved. Just really good, really, really good, a really good main event for WrestleMania night one. I'm gonna go Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Gosh, that 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 was my pick. So I got scramble right here. Shannon, <laughs> as I try to think of one, um, you can go ahead. Just don't pick my second choice. <laughs> but I probably am. I mean, I think I know you enough to where you're probably going to be mad at me when I do this. So don't throw anything at the screen. Uh, but Unlike this, I had only two matches in my mind for match of the year, and I had to narrow it down to one, and that was Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay at Forbidden Door. That was, you can't sit there. I told you, I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were going to. I knew you were, but I'm sorry. Sorry, MD. I hate to do it to you on your own show, but that match right there was culmination of what everybody thought about what Will Ospreay was going to become because Will Ospreay is on the cusp. And you might hear his name later in this show, but I feel like Will Ospreay, it was about time for Kenny to pass the torch because Kenny was the first United States champion in the IWGP. It was the very first one. That belt was pretty much made for Kenny, and pretty much everybody after it that wins it is Kenny's legacy, pretty much. And who better to give it to than Will Ospreay, who more than likely has probably been one of the best wrestlers, top five in the past four years. And Kenny, who has been Wrestler of the Year, hands down, uh, 2017, I believe. I might be wrong. I think it was 2017 he was Wrestler of the Year. But that was a five-star match. Had to have been with Will Ospreay winning the title, which was even better because that storyline that was culminating before, Kenny said, I look for you to take uh, New Japan Higher Heights, and you haven't. You've disappointed me. You've disappointed all wrestling fans around the world, and I got to come and get it back. And he won the title at Wrestle Kingdom, winning the title away from him, holding the title with the belt collector, Kenny, which was great. But it was only a matter of time before Will Ospreay got built up. And who better to get the match from, who better to get the title from than Kenny Omega himself to vault Will Ospreay up. So that match, match of the year to me. Hands down. You know what? Sorry, Since you guys – since you guys were putting me in a tough spot. Hey, I'm I'm a gentleman. I'm going last. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to steal something from Shannon's book. He voted Swerve Strickland as most likely breakout in 2024. And that was probably because of his match with Hangman Page at AEW's Full Gear event. There's even a t-shirt of Swerve bleeding from that match. That was nasty. That was gross. Uh, 
give me Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Page at full gear because that's honestly going to propel Swerve Strickland to the next level. Uh, we got a couple more categories to run through super quick. We got the best event oh, of the before year. Before you before you do that, Mike. I, before you do that, Mike, I gotta say I, I gotta put in there honorable mention the one I was grappling with besides the one I picked. WrestleMania 39, night two, uh, triple threat, Gunther, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus. Um, yes. Big, big meaty men slapping meat. Um, just <laughs> a, <laughs> just a, uh, if you want to see something where it's just people just red on the chest and just taking all kinds of chops or whatever, that was one of the gr- most <laughs> grueling matches that I can think of for the year. So uh, just stacked WrestleMania card. So I, I had to throw that in there, honorable mention. So for best event of the year, does that mean you're going WrestleMania? I am. Uh, that that yeah, WrestleMania. That, that was one of the best WrestleManias I've probably seen, to be honest. And I was really skeptical going into it. Um, the two main events delivered. Uh, you had some moments in there. Uh, the Seth uh, the Seth Rollins Logan Paul match. Um, I believe that was at WrestleMania, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. I don't think what else was on that match. Yeah, uh, the the, the okay. triple. Th- yeah, that, yeah, that was yep. WrestleMania. Uh, right. yeah, the right. triple threat for the Intercontinental title that Gunther emerged victorious from uh, in there. I mean, you just had, like, like Seamus would say, banger after banger after banger. Like, it just literally, it, it was just so good. It was a really, and you had some uh, debuts. And that when Damage Control debuted, was it WrestleMania? So, uh, yeah, that going on. Um, I'm trying to think of who did Brock, Brock was fighting. Was that Bobby Lashley? Are they still going at WrestleMania, or did, nah, were they done by then? They were done. They were, they were done, done by then. You're thinking of Royal Rumble, I believe. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm kind of getting those confused. Oh yeah, but, Brock yeah, Lesnar wrestled Omos. Yeah, that was an interesting match itself. Like no one really thought what was going to happen with that, but uh, Omos kind of threw him around a little bit. Um, you made him. I'm going. Good. I know we're up against the time. I'm going with WrestleMania from this past year. Yeah, champ. We'll rapid fire uh, this and get into our last category, best male wrestler of the year. What's your best event? Oh, it's got to be Forbidden Door. Um, the 10-man tag, um, Sonata versus Jungle Boy, which a lot of people thought that match was not going to be that great, but it ended up being. MJF versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, great match. Osprey versus Omega once again for the championship, and Okada versus uh, Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson winning by submission. Great, 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 great. Loved it. Hey, those are pretty good, but the crowd was more electric at WWE's Backlash in Puerto Rico. You had EO Sky (laughs) versus Bianca Belair that propelled damage control. You had Damian Priest versus Bad Bunny, and Bad Bunny, his entrance is like the craziest thing I've seen. You had Savio Vega appear. You had Carlito appear. Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes as well. Like Backlash mm-hmm. set the bar in terms of other premium live events for the year. And so those are best events for 2023. Again, you'll be able to vote on these on the Wrestling Movement Facebook page. Go follow. But our last category before we get Nate and Mike in here is best male wrestler of the year. Des, who do you got? I went with the current Intercontinental Champion, Gunther. Um He's literally been the workhorse for the WWE the past 12 months. They've thrown everybody at him that they possibly could. He's emerged as a powerhouse each time. Um, he's had some matches um, against some people on on uh, on Raw over the past year that weren't pay-per-view matches, but were pay-per-view quality matches. Um, and he's elevated that title. He's elevated that title to the point where I feel like when he loses the Intercontinental title, he's immediately going to be a main event problem for whatever show he's on uh and they've built him an imperium that way with that title so uh you know how i feel about the intercontinental titles one of my favorite titles in all of wrestling you got to have a workhorse in that spot to make it really really pop and gunther has took that title to uh like literally i feel like he's honestly i look at him as the second highest champion in wwe below below roman reigns and then seth rollins because of that the reign he's had with the intercontinental title so i'm going with uh i'm going with gunther in my opinion, the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Some people disagreed on the Wrestling Movement's Facebook page. Macho Man won. It's whatever. Uh, but yeah. my pick was Goober. Uh, Shannon, what's your uh, best male wrestler of the year? 
This surprised me. I didn't think he was going to take Gunther. I thought he was going to take Roman Reigns more than anything. Oh, no. no he, he's only wrestled like four times. Yeah. <laughs> but, personality, um, but wrestler, no. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I had to dig now because that was going to be mine. But then I have to fight for the second one because I had two that tied. So I think I'm going to break the tie with saying this. So what do you guys want to talk about? Mm -hmm. Cody Rhodes. I think Cody Rhodes has got to be wrestler of the year. Yes, Mike, I know. I said some things I shouldn't have said, you know, talking about Vince McMahon hated Cody Rhodes from the last time. But I really think that they are building, breaking Cody down to build him up. And I think that they're going to set him up for it. I really think that him and CM Punk are going to be the ones left for the Royal Rumble, I believe. I think they're going to be. They're going to be one and two, I believe. Cody has came from a lot, came from the injury, to bought himself with the, the duel with Brock Lesnar, coming up big on that. I mean, I thought MJF was going to be my guy, but I got to go with Cody on this one. So, Dez takes Gunther, Shane takes Cody. I'm going to take the guy who's been world champion all year, and I'm not taking Roman Reigns. I'm taking in world champion MJF as of, like, December 30th. I mean, it's basically 364 <laughs> days of the year. I mean, it counts. But MJF's work against Brian Danielson, against Hiroshi Tanahashi, against JY, against King Omega, with this Adam Cole friendship, now betrayal at the very end, uh, wrestling this last match with the torn labrum. Uh, there's this Ben War of 2024 story, maybe shoot, that's going on right now. Um, where will MJF show up? When will he show back up? Uh, MJF, every time he was on screen, he performed. And honestly, his story with Adam Cole and that friendship and the way his character evolved over the year, I talked more about it on Sports Carolina Monthly in the new article that released a couple of days ago on New Year's Day. Uh it, he he he's he's the obvious pick for best male wrestler of the year. But you guys get to vote on the wrestling movement of who is on there. If you enjoyed it, um, please subscribe to the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel. We gotta get Des and Shannon out because we got Nate Warden in his first drop in the mic appearance and Mike Milley from the Mouth Off with Mike Wrestling Podcast, the other Mike with the Wrestling Podcast. We're going to get them in and we're going to get them voting on the next few categories right, right now on the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. Hey, everyone. Before we get into our next segment, where we continue the 2023 nomination ceremony with guest Nate Warden for his first time, and then the Mouthing Off with Mike Wrestling Podcast host, Mike Mealy, uh, wanted to just say a quick thank you to Desmond Johnson. Quick thank you, Shane Smith, for that last segment. And just say I'm super excited to be back on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. I'm so excited to bring Drop the Mic back as well. And we are going to do a new segment here right before we get into the 2023 nomination ceremony where I will also be dropping some major news about who's showing up on the show next week for an exclusive interview with yours truly. Uh, we're going to do a little 60 seconds with Mike. And it's this mic right here from the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. And we're doing 60 seconds with Mike. This mic drop will be just something I found interesting uh, throughout the week that we want to cover, and we didn't get a full segment on this week. So the 60 seconds are Adam Cole is the devil. If you didn't watch AEW World's End, MJF's World crumbled this past weekend where he lost the AEW World title to Samoa Joe and follow that up with Adam Cole betraying him with Adam Cole's help, Wardlow, Roderick Strong, and the kingdom, the mask being unveiled. And that ruins a friendship. And that broke my heart because not only that, friendship was so special to me, but most of all, my prediction on Mouthing Off with Mike was wrong. I thought it was Tony Khan. It made all the sense in the world until I started looking a little more into it and... I actually wrote an article on Sports Carolina Monthly that you can go check out right now on SportsCarolinaMonthly.com. And then, of course, you got the jabroni eating, the loud pie eating, trailblazing, eyebrow raising. The Rock came back to San Diego, not just to 
hit the people's elbow on Jinder Mahal, a former WWE champion, mind you, that made his return on Monday. But you also had The Rock call out the head of the table, the tribal chief, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, and that hopefully sets up a match at WrestleMania 40. I hope to talk about more of this in a later episode of Drop the Mic. We'll probably review the entire New Year's slate on next week's episode, as well as an exclusive interview. Uh, but it's not going to be Cody Rhodes versus Roman at WrestleMania. I'm sorry. But without further ado, I'm going to get Mike and Nate into the show right now to take it away on the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back to the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com as part of your Wrestling Wednesday card. I'm your host, Michael Davis, and we've had a huge show, a huge Season 3 premiere so far, and it's just getting bigger. I told you guys, if you stuck through the whole show, I'd give you some breaking news, and since it's Season 3, we want to do everything bigger and better on Drop the Mic, and so... Uh, we're going to get into our 2023 nomination ceremony, continuing uh, from earlier when we had Shannon Dez on the show. But I want to announce what happens next week, because next week I'm going to be able to do my first ever interview with a professional wrestling referee. So hey. someone who was nominated for the North Carolina Awards as Referee of the Year will know if he won. Uh here in a couple weeks, I'm sure he's going to be on the show. His name's Referee Youngblood, and I'm super excited to do that interview. It's awesome. Uh, he looks like a cross from Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood, so it's going to be <laughs> really, really entertaining. Um, but we got to get into this 2023 nomination ceremony. And just to recap uh, the rules again. Uh, I'm going to be joined by a couple guys. Each panelist nominates one person for each category, and we're all admins on the wrestling movement, the Facebook page. You can go follow us. But Shandez and myself gave us nominations for a few categories earlier in the show, and we'll have some nominations now on the show. Uh, you may have recognized him from a few episodes of Drop the Mic back in August. You may have also recognized uh, him for my appearance on his show, Mouthing Off with Mike. We got Mike on the show. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, bro. It's so good to be back on Drop the Mic. You have no idea, so I'm, I'm excited. Let's get into it. And if you didn't catch our episode last week, even though World's End is over and we know who won everything, that was a fun episode, man. You, you guys got to go catch that. And then we're joined by... One of my friends, his first ever appearance on Drop the Mic. We got Nate, Nate Warden. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. glad to be here. Glad to make my debut on the podcast. So, yeah, let's get started. I'm glad that Nate can uh, read Mike's t shirt. And we'll, we're just going to go right into these nominations. And so, we can't pick the same one. And so, since it's Nate's first time on the podcast, we're going to let you have a, a little chance to shine here by picking the best tag team of the year. Now be careful. Just don't pick my nominee. Okay. <laughs> All right. So best tag team of the year, uh, probably the category that's probably the easiest for me. I'm going to go with FTR. Um, they have really tore it up uh, this year when given the opportunity. Um, you know, that's a conversation for another day, but um, I really enjoyed their matches, at least on free TV, on Collision, uh, back when it was – uh, brand new. Uh, they were running it with uh, Bullet Club Gold, uh, doing a great job there. Um, I didn't get to catch all their Ring of Honor uh, sh um, matches, but they had a good good showing at Wembley, and every time I've seen them, uh, they, they put on a good match. So um, that's my team uh, that I'm going with. All right. So Nate did steal my team. Uh, I got a backup. <laughs> Mike, don't steal this backup, please. I, I, I hope not. So now I'm, I'm going to go in a completely different direction with this. Now, there's an obvious one that I want to say, but they didn't really have a full 2023, but I'm going to go with recently called up to the main roster, the Creed Brothers. Okay. That's a solid pick. Why the Creeds? I, I Something about them, man, they just are so fun. They're so athletic. They're electric. It's pure energy in that ring. Uh, and I, I really loved everything I saw from them 
in 2023 in NXT. They had some good feuds with the Dyad. Um, and, they, and then they came up to the main roster. They won that big gauntlet match. So I think their trajectories on the up and up in 2023. Okay. So we got the Creed brothers and we got FTR as nominations. I'm going to go with the team that if you haven't expanded your horizons beyond Raw and SmackDown, you don't know this tag team, but they made waves all across the world. It was Aussie Open. It was Kyle mm. Fletcher. It was Mark Davis. They had some bangers, uh, not with the Brawl and Brutes, but they had some real bangers with FTR <laughs> and really made their mark. Um, Kyle Fletcher's doing a little bit of singles action now with the Don Callis family, but Aussie Open is my nominee for the best tag team of the year. We're going to scroll through, um, and just on the ticker, you'll be able to see some of the nominations as we go on. But right now, we're going to move into the next category of the most improved wrestler. Uh, this could be a person who 12 months ago you didn't see much of, and then over the last year, they've grown tremendously. Nate, what's your pick for most improved wrestler of the year? So this, I could go a few ways with this one. Um, you could take an established star and look at what they've been able to accomplish this year and elevate themselves into the main event scene. And you could make a case for that. I don't want to give away anybody's pick if it's theirs. Um, so I'm really torn between two. Um, but just because he's on the main roster – and because he's generating the level of heat that he is and he's being put in the positions that he is, I'm going to go with Dominic Mysterio. So a little bit of an obvious pick, but, I mean, he's really, he's really showing up in all the positions he's put, being put in, um, and you really can't fault him for, for the year that he's had. Um, so, yeah, so that's my pick. Hey, that's, a, that's an obvious pick. Um, incredible stuff. Hey, a year ago, Dom was in prison. And now he's uh, a former two-time NXT North American champion. Like, that's a tremendous jump. Uh, Mike, who's your right. nominee for most improved wrestler? Oh, man. Nate, good. That was great. Now, well, you didn't take mine. Um, I'm, I'm going to head in a different direction for this. And I'm going to also uh, spoil my own award for my own year-end award shows because I think this kind of falls in line. Uh, and, and I think the most improved wrestler is someone that was kind of overlooked, um, came into AEW, um, was hot, held some tag titles, uh, momentum fizzled out. But I think the most improved wrestler is, yeah, I swerve when I drive, Swerve Strickland. And, yep. and I think, you know, it, it goes without saying, look at where he came from and, and now look at him where, where we want the man to be the world champion, like we demand it as the fans. We want that down the line. You can't deny that. So most improved wrestler, Swerve Strickland. Great pick. He was on my list. Hey, he swerves when he drives, but only hypothetically. <laughs> he does it like we, we promote safe driving here. Metaphorically. <laughs> um, Swerve, Swerve and Dom are great picks. I don't know why I was a gentleman and allowed myself to go last, but give me, some, give me another person from AEW and give me Julia Hart of the Ooh, House of Black. Now, Julia Hart went from being a cheerleader and just so happy and perky. And then she got a dark side to her and joined the House of Black. And over the last year, she's won the TBS title from uh, Chris Statlander. And now she's also elevated Sky Blue with that new partnership after their feud. Uh, so give me... Julia Hart in the most improved wrestler of 2023. Again, if you're joining us now, you can vote on these categories on the wrestling movement. We'll post one each day and you guys get to decide between our nominees, but we're going to move on right now to the next category of the best storyline or feud of the year. So you can go storyline a rivalry that you really loved or just a story that like warmed your heart. Nate, what do you got for this one? I mean, this is the most obvious one for me. It's gotta be the bloodline. Um, all the many iterations of it. Um, you know, specifically uh, when Sammy was in it, I think Sammy was the glue that held it together and kept it hot and kept it interesting throughout the end of last year. And then leading up through, you know, the Royal rumble and what happened there, and then an elimination chamber. 
Um, and then it, it kind of it kept going. Um, you know, you developed some more stars out of that. You got Solo, you know, beating John Cena on a huge stage. Um, you've got Jey Uso, arguably one of the top three hottest baby faces, uh, you know, in on WWE. So really the bloodline, it's, it's a feud with everybody. So, I mean, I guess it's, it's more of a storyline than a feud uh, necessarily, but um, really been kind of the best story for me. I know it's very sports entertaining, you know, for, for getting into that, that feud, but uh, very good stuff uh, coming from that, that storyline. That's a wow. solid one. Uh, definitely top of my list or maybe second, who knows? Uh, Mike, what's your pick <laughs> for this one? Ah, oh, man, you know, it's it's tough. I I have to I gotta I have to stay in WWE still, you know, and it's and I think the the best storyline guys, this is so tough, man. It's so tough to to sit, but I think the the Jey Uso and the the, the Bloodline Civil War. Now I know it's bloodline. I don't I don't know if that counts or this, not, but like I think the civil war itself. This? was a great feud like Jay and Jimmy taking on Roman and solo and money in the bank. That was fantastic. And I think their feud up to that point. Um, I, I think I know it's, I don't know. Do you count that? It, you're, it's up to your discretion. I'll take Sammy and Roman. Nate, if you want to give I'm, him I'm, the civil war. That's, that's fine with me. You'll take Sammy Rome. Oh my goodness. You take Sammy Roman. Mike's taking the civil war. Um, Ooh, okay. I was that's enthralled a, with that civil a... war, dude. Oh man. Yikes. I, I've already lost the cat. No way I haven't lost the category because my nominee is perhaps the best storytelling in AEW. And at one point, I would argue eclipse the bloodline storytelling. And it was the friendship of Adam Cole and MJF. That was enthralling, and it has set up everything beyond that, all the way up till World's End. Like Adam Cole and MJF, the most unlikely appearance, you know, their world title matches that, you know, one didn't get five more minutes, the other one did get five more minutes. Uh, uh, really evolving MJF's character as well. Uh, we, we've, I still remember the video game scene where. You know, they're playing video games and MJF's like, well, I'd have to have friends to play video games, you know, like <laughs> it, it, it just it just hurt my heart because, you know, I'll play video games sometimes just myself or sometimes I'll play with friends. And it's much more enjoyable with friends. Uh, so give me Adam Cole and MJF, uh, Nate getting Sammy Roman, Mike getting the <laughs> Civil War. Those are two really, really tough nominees. Um, but we're going to go into... Uh, the best moment of the year, okay? This is one moment in time where you're like, oh my gosh, this blew my mind. This was the best thing in the entire year. Uh, th this is this is the best moment. I can't encapsulate mm -hmm. it enough. Nate, you, you took a big sigh. Is this a tough situation for you? I, I don't want to pick between my two, so let me let me defer and pick second. And maybe one of mine will be off the board. Can I do that? Okay, okay. Nate's being a gentleman. Mike, uh, <laughs> I, I'm off gonna, with us. I'm gonna, tell us your nominee. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with the trend here because just because you you said you want to be a gentleman, we'll try to repay the favor. So we're gonna put you on the hot seat. <laughs> and we're gonna let you pick first. I'll pick second, and Nate can pick last. This go round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You little old you. <laughs> <laughs> this is my own show. You don't put me on the hot seat. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. Gosh. Oh. Dang, this is tough. Um. So let's go. Something that just you didn't see happen and absolutely broke the internet. Let me get The Rock just showing up out of the blue on Friday Night Smackdown with his buddy Pat McAfee giving the rub and the people's elbow to Austin Theory. Uh, nobody ever saw that. And it gives us hope that hopefully this year we will get Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania 40. Uh, Mike, you deferred to second. Um, try topping mine. I, you know what? I, I, think I, I, think, I think we got to take it all the way back here. We're going to take it back. 
for me, I think the best moment of the year was Bad Bunny in mm. Puerto Rico at Backlash, man. I have never seen a crowd sing the entire theme song, mm. jumping up and down. I thought I, I thought I walked into a, a club, but it was a wrestling match. And that match was was one heck of a match, too. Great take. That was that's my that's my that was my personal pick. favorite. Oh, yeah. uh, that's not what I had prepared for my pick here, but that's my personal favorite. So, um, so, so I, you didn't knock out either one of mine. So thanks guys for making it easier for me. So I'm going to use both of them. So I'm going to say the moment of the year, and you can decide if you want to pick one or if you want to use both. Um, first moment of the year was the chair shot heard around the world at Royal Rumble by Sammy hitting Roman and keeping the bloodline going the pop. Um, just the, the storylines that set up and then of course setting up elimination chamber. So I'm a big Sammy Mark, me and my wife love him. Um, we sung a song when we went to raw, you know, when he come out. So it was great. Uh, the second one is a, is a little more broad, but it, it's, um, Wembley stadium and seeing AEW, uh, a self-proclaimed challenger brand put, you know, 60, 70,000 people in the stands for a pay-per-view on that level and deliver, um, you know, a great card, a lot of great matches. Um, it really was a very satisfying watch. I haven't probably been as satisfied with that, uh, an AEW pay-per-view that I ordered since their first one coming out of the pandemic when they were at uh, Daly's Place. Mm. You just watch it. It's picturesque. It's a good card. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's so satisfying. So um, so those are my two. So I don't, I don't really know how to pick between the two. Um, one is kind of industry-defining, and the other is just – you know, wanting, you know, you know, loving that that story of, um, you know, the bloodline kind of moving where it did and and seeing Sammy kind of, you know, do what he did. Mike, those are those are two good categories. Do you think we should allow Nate a bonus pick since it's his first time on the show? <laughs> I was just going to say I was just going to say just because Nate's the Nate's the first timer. We'll, we'll let it we'll let it go. So I think you have to add that add that extra one because he's right. hundred percent. Wembley was a big big moment of this year um for just wrestle wrestling right you know so yeah i agree we'll we'll, we'll go for four on that one next one we're gonna play hardball mike you gotta play hardball mike we'll, we'll, i'll do we'll better play next hardball <laughs> we'll, we'll play we'll play hardball um be sure if you're enjoying us uh go follow the podcasts on facebook instagram tiktok um subscribe to the tobacco road sports radio's youtube channel and then you can also uh, go find us on the wrestling movement. But we have one more category for the evening on the Wrestling Wednesday card, and it is Best Female Wrestler of the Year. You can see we're going to put them in the bottom section right there. Uh, Nate, what, what's your uh, pick for Female Wrestler of the Year? So I've already said that we're a Becky Lynch household, and that's where my heart is. But... I've got to go with Rhea Ripley. It's been Ooh. mommy's year. Okay. Um, she has probably the best match uh, in North America with in females wrestling with Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Um, couldn't top it. Um, and she's just – her character work has been fantastic. You know, the only kind of thing that kind of I would say has, has been – not against her, but they really haven't lined up a bunch of people against her to kind of show her dominance. You know, they've been, in my opinion, um, you know, they've left out three or four that she could have, you know, faced off against that really would have solidified her as like number one. So I felt like Bianca had a much more dominant uh, defense when she was champion, but this year has been Rhea Ripley's year. So that's kind of a spicy take, um, you know, to put out there and, and not to bury any of the other women's wrestlers. I just feel like there's so many more that, that, you know, when she when she when she beats, she's going to solidify herself as like top of the top of the industry as female wrestler. You're All welcome right. to, to argue that. <laughs> Nate, Nate's got mommy. <laughs> hey, mommy's always on top. Thing there is arguably worthy. Um, but Mike, you uh, you you got a tough pick right here. Who are you taking? Oh, I mean, I was torn between two. Uh, I'll be honest, Nate, not spicy at all. I think I think Rhea's definitely up there for for female wrestler of the, of the year. Um, but I'm gonna take it 
to a literal lesser known location. A lot of people may not be checking it out on Thursday night, but I think she deserves some love. Ooh, ooh, wrong show. I'm a minion. Ladies and gentlemen, Athena is your woman's wrestler of 2023. Oh. She went out there. Every pay-per-view, she I think she's main evented two or three pay-per-views so far this year. Probably will main event another one uh, in 2024 unless she gets called up to the to the main roster of AEW. Um, she's put on significant clinics with some amazing women in Ring of Honor, most notably recently, Billy Starks. Um, so, so for me, it's Athena, and I really hope, Tony Khan, if you're listening, please get her in that AEW women's title picture tomorrow i beg of you sir athena wow great pick we, we uh joked on we it was great we joked on mike's podcast last week that tony Khan just keeps checking in on mike's twitter uh because he keeps predicting everything um so you guys <laughs> ria was a great pick and now this leaves me with one say becky lynch because she did so much and never had the title but this was the year and this is my pick of eo sky from okay. her showing at Backlash in Puerto Rico. I mean, the, the biggest pop was for Bad Bunny. Second for Carlito. Third was pretty up there with EO Sky. Um, that, even in a loss, propelled her to win the Money in the Bank, to eventually win the women's title, and she finished 2023 as WWE Women's Champion. So that is my pick. Uh, again, we're going to be putting all of these on the wrestling movement on the Facebook page. Um, super excited that Mike and Nate could join us in this last segment. So thankful that Shannon Des could join us in the previous segment as well. Um, again, go follow our socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, subscribe to the Tobacco Red Sports Radio's YouTube channel. But most importantly, do go follow the wrestling movement on Facebook. That is where you can vote for all of these categories that you guys watch, uh, watching today. Uh, thanks so much to our huge panel stopping by on Drop the Mic today. All of these were from the wrestling movement, so that's why you should go follow. Um, but most of all, thank you guys for tuning in to the Season 3 premiere of Drop the Mic. Uh, we'll have the interview with Referee Youngblood next week. And uh, we have to get out of here, but whatever you do, don't drop the mic. We will see you all next week.